Hey everyone, I wanted to chat today about the spoon theory. Um, you may have already heard of this theory, or maybe you have not. Um, I feel like it's been coming up a lot more in conversations and in um, groups that I'm in, so I wanted to give you a quick overview on it, encourage you to look into it, and um, understand how it can be applied to our families, and I think it can be a really great tool for helping our families understand possibly what they're going through or what their children are going through. So the spoon theory um, was first started by, um, I believe her name was Christine Miserandino or something like that. She has a website called ButYouDon'tLookSick.com um, and she has lupus and this was the way that she explained to a friend who was asking her what it was like living with lupus. So the original theory I think was started um, from a chronic pain or chronic illness type of perspective. But I think there's a lot of applications for what we do as well. And I think it's kind of been expanded as well to apply to a lot of different situations. But the basic idea is that you start each day with a certain number of spoons. And it might vary day to day, but then everything you do costs you a spoon or multiple spoons, depending on what it is. So you might, you might use up a spoon just getting out of bed. You might use up extra spoons taking care of a child who's having a tantrum in the morning. Um, you might use up extra spoons processing language if you have issues with processing language or handling sensory experiences. And these spoons eventually go, and once they're gone, they're gone. You don't really get more necessarily, particularly if it's like a chronic, you know, pain or fatigue issue. Um, so the idea is that you have to think very carefully all day about how you're going to use these spoons. You are literally budgeting spoons, and there's a real big mental demand that comes with that. Whereas the rest of us, assumingly us neurotypical people or people who do not suffer from chronic fatigue or pain, don't have to worry about that. We have relatively endless spoons. Now, I think there is something to be said about even how neurotypical and people who are not suffering from chronic pain and fatigue might also feel that they have a limited spoons certain days, but not from like a day-to-day perspective typically, right? If I don't sleep well or I'm not feeling well, it's probably going to affect my spoons. Um, but for the most part, compared to other populations, I have lots of spoons and I don't have to really think about how I'm going to use my energy, whether that's mental or my physical abilities. Um, so this is one way we can think about and explain to families what our patients are going through as well too, right? If you have sensory processing concerns or you have um, you know, any kind of language difficulties, any kind of demand, motor planning difficulties, postural difficulties, any of that, all of these tasks that we do in a day to day, our day-to-day basis, the ones that we take for granted and that we do without thinking often require some spoons. And I think even our parents and the families who are, um, have children who are neurodivergent or are having any kind of difficulty, are also expending a lot of spoons. And I think that makes it then challenging for other people to relate to them sometimes. So we can help families, one, to understand this. Um, It's a great visual for thinking about how things cost us spoons and how we have to be careful about using up our spoons because once they're gone for the day, they're gone. Um, And if you, you know, push it too hard, you might use up your spoons for the next day or the day after. And a lot of the autistic adults that we hear from as well, too, do talk about how certain things that they do, um, do expend their spoons for days sometimes. So I remember 
um, in this Facebook group I'm in, this autistic adult talked about a situation. She, she said that she loved concerts and she said, but it was really, really overwhelming to me because it's too much auditory input for me to, um, process. So she would spend a few days before a concert saving up her spoons, canceling on her plans, limiting her activities so that she could go to this concert. But then the concert used up so many spoons that she also had to spend a couple of days after recovering. So it might even be things that we really enjoy and really, really want to do. And those things might take up a lot, a lot of spoons, depending on the person's difficulties. Um, so I think it's a great way to, like I said, explain this to families and then also help them figure out, like, if there is something that their child really wants to do that seems to use up a lot of their spoons, how do you help them save spoons before leading up to that task? And how do you also let them recover their spoons afterwards? And this could even be for the parents too. You know, maybe certain things that the parents want to do with their kids is using up too many spoons. Um, so it's just another way to think about it. I think it kind of goes a little bit hand in hand with our regulation cup that we've talked about. But the idea of having to budget that you only get a certain number of spoons and you have to budget how you use them, I think is um, a little bit more applicable to some situations that we deal with with families. Um, so feel free to check out her website, but you don't look sick.com. And if you Google spoon theory, there are a ton of visuals out there as well, too. So maybe if there's one that really resonates with you or if you find a great one, we can put it on the Google Drive as well, too. Um, we can also make one. I, I like them always to be specific to our patient population. And I, as of yet, I have not really found one, but we could certainly create one if there's interest. Um, but check it out. And if you have any questions, let us know.